Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. On a scale of 1 to 10, George, how big of a priority is the quarterback position for you this offseason? Yeah, I mean, I think it has to be a 10 for every team that doesn't have that guy, that franchise guy. As a Washington football fan, would you <laughs> would you ever perhaps consider moving east and playing for Listen a team now, in the I love Coast? the east coast, but I, I think the west coast is better for me right now. I, I got my <laughs> whole family over here, so, yeah. you know, I, I'm from Richmond. I know what you mean. I got people hitting me up every day, but... Uh, all my friends and all that from the East Coast. But uh, Seattle's the place that, that, that I'm at right now, and I love it, and uh, it, it's great. Man. Spoken like a true diplomat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Have you, have you received any offers or inquiries from other teams on possibly trading Russell Wilson? Um, at this time of year, we're, we're, you know, there's conversations about everybody. We're talking about everybody. And that's commonplace for us to have conversations with teams about all of the players, particularly marquee players. And that's not changed. It's been the same every year we've been here. So it's the same as it's been. We have no intention of making any, any move there. Um, but the conversations, John has to feel those he always has. Um, but nothing specific to, to that. If the words no intention weren't enough, it was the touch of the face at the very end. All of those tells, all of those cues, all of those things, they have meaning. And, hey, look, it's funny because I was I was Shouted sure down. to point out yesterday uh, yeah. that, that, that the whole no intention means Russell Wilson is available. You know, I, I took so much crap for that, and usually I don't care. But – this time, I remember following it away when I was taking the crap for it. If they trade him, baby, I'm doing the victory lap. And somebody yeah. pointed out, well, why don't we point out every time you're wrong? You already do. <laughs> you already do. You just want so some credit when you're right every, every time now I'm then. wrong. Yeah. When I'm right, damn it, I'm going to enjoy it for a minute or two. So it, it, clearly they were willing. Clearly they were ready. And now we know clearly Christopher David Sims on this 
Wednesday, March 9, 2022, that Russell Wilson, one week from today at 4 p.m. Eastern, officially will become a member of the Denver Broncos. A crazy day yesterday with a one-two punch that turns the NFL, not necessarily upside down, but it dramatically changes a few different franchises, starting with the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I mean, huge. Game changer. NFL game changer, certainly. Life changer for Russell Wilson. I mean, great start for Nathaniel Hackett, new head coach of the Denver Broncos. Man, you're the head coach. You don't have to worry about getting a franchise quarterback. That's done. I mean, there was a lot of life-changing moments there yesterday that were involved in that trade, definitely. And, yeah, I mean, that's the first thing I thought of, too, because, you know, even last week at the Combine, people were – you know, well, Russell says he's going to stay there. And, you know, I'm talking to other, you know, radio stations across the country and all that. Uh, yeah, so what? When is everybody going to get over that we got we can't take these guys at their word when they're in front of the camera? You know, we, we've been trying to tell people for the last two months that Russell Wilson is going to try to finagle his way out of Seattle. Uh, that, that to me, and, and the, yeah, I'm with you. I just want a little credit every now and then when we go, wait, this is – we're, we're, we're connecting dots. We're reading the tea leaves. We're in between the tea leaves. We're everywhere, and we're trying to tell you this. And uh, I think the big thing was is just how it went down, Mike. I think that's where I was shocking, too, just the way it went down. It was Rodgers, whoa, the marquee moment of the offseason. He's going to make a decision. He stays home, and 30, 40 minutes later, that news, who the hell cares about Rodgers staying home? Russell Wilson's getting traded, and let's talk about that. <laughs> Rodgers got bumped the same way Tom Brady got bumped. <laughs> right. Tom Brady retires or or doesn't, and the Brian Flores <laughs> lawsuit gets filed. Aaron Rodgers makes his decision known, and then the Denver Broncos pivot to Russell Wilson. The Broncos give up It was up plan a, a Mike. To, well, we're going to talk about that in a second. <laughs> we're going to talk about that in a second. But the Broncos give up a lot to get a guy they could have drafted 10 years ago. Today's the 10-year anniversary of their meeting for the first time with Peyton Manning, and they got Peyton Manning without having to give up anything. Then they got Brock Osweiler with a second-round pick while Russell Wilson was still on the board, but there's no way in hell John Elway was drafting a 5-foot-11-inch quarterback. That was not happening, so I doubt that they even paused when they took Brock Osweiler to think, what about the kid from Wisconsin? I doubt they even hesitated. They even double-clutched for an instant. Now look at what they're giving up to get the guy on whom they passed 10 years ago in the draft. Two first-round picks, two second-round picks, a fifth-round pick. They get Wilson in a fourth-round pick. And three players, Drew Locke, who cares? Noah Fant, that's significant. Shelby yeah. Harris, that's significant. Drew Locke is gone, obviously, with Russell Wilson in, although he's in the fourth year of his rookie contract. You keep him around as a backup at a reasonable price. But the Seahawks need something at quarterback, so that makes a ton of sense. But amazing, amazing to see what the Broncos are willing to do to rectify one strikeout after another since the Peyton Manning acquisition. Every move they've made at quarterback since having Peyton Manning choose them a decade ago has been a disaster. And some of the moves before that, disasters sure. too. They used sure. a first-round pick on Tim Tebow and yeah. gave him away for nothing. Right. No, d definitely. I mean, it's, a, it's a, a, a team that's kind of been all over the place at the quarterback position, you know, but certainly had the good years with Peyton Manning. But it's a new era. I mean, th this is what I feel like we're going to see almost one, at least once in off season now. You know, again, we just watched the team win the Super Bowl who, you know, leveraged the farm on we got to get a quarterback and we got to get more star players and let's see if we can put that together and win a Super Bowl. And they did it. Uh, I mean, again, we're, it's two years in a row we're seeing a team get a new quarterback and go right to the Super Bowl and win it. 
You know, even Tom Brady, I know that wasn't a trade either way. So I, I don't think teams are going to be afraid to make these type of moves as we go forward. Especially, yeah, okay, it's expensive. So what? Who cares? Nobody even remembers the price tag for Matthew Stafford now that the Rams won the Super Bowl. We just go, it was a good trade. They won the Super Bowl. It's worth it. There's a few things here that jump out to me, Mike. You know, first off, I, honestly, in a lot of ways, I don't know how it went down with Aaron Rodgers. The optics certainly look like Rodgers was the plan A, and then it went to Russell Wilson. I'm going to say I think it's a blessing in disguise. They got they got Russell Wilson over Aaron Rodgers in a lot of ways. Younger. Why? Still in the prime of his career. You got young receivers. You can build something and build a future. And really, if this is played right, you should have your quarterback for the next six to eight years in Denver and be good. Rodgers, yeah, okay, maybe playing at a higher level than Russell Wilson is right now. But he is getting to that age where we know, hey, physical decline is going to happen. And who's to say in a year or two Rodgers isn't, oh, I might retire, I might do all this. You're certainly not going to have the long-term security that's, you know, potentially there with Russell Wilson. And I think that's the thing I first went to and when I just in my mind I kind of looked at and went, man, these young receivers, this team, all right, yes, you know, he doesn't know the offense like Rodgers knows, you know, Nathaniel Hackett's offense, but still he's got some, you know, base uh, knowledge of it from his early days in the career with Daryl Bevel in the West Coast offense. But I just look at it in that way, Mike. I don't know. Am I crazy to think that? Well, I'd have to know what they – could have gotten Aaron Rodgers for yeah sure what were the terms sure because they gave up a lot to get Russell Wilson I mean right. th- that's the downside of being Russell Wilson right now your new team has given up a crap load of assets to get you that hampers your ability to have a great team around you although they're in the process of building yeah. a great team right two first round picks two second round picks and two players out the door other than Drew Locke that's a problem that's an issue. Yep. That's a complication. With Aaron Rodgers, I doubt it would have been that much to get him. And let me tell you, let me tell you, the Broncos are working very hard to push the idea that Russell Wilson was plan A. Yeah. Very hard. That's, to, that's, the point where, yeah. to the point where Aaron Rodgers is probably not thrilled with what he's seeing reported. Can't have about, it all, Aaron. Plan A being Russell Wilson. When Nathaniel Hackett, his former offensive coordinator, is now the head coach of the Denver Broncos. Right. It feels like a slap in the face to Aaron Rodgers because you could have had him for less trade assets, presumably. You're not going to get him for more than what they gave up to get Russell Wilson. That's for damn sure. And this is the two-time defending MVP. Russell, right. Russell Wilson's never got even. Never. Yeah. If you haven't heard, he's never gotten an MVP vote in his entire career. So this guy's won it four times. Russell Wilson got zero votes. And Russell Wilson's plan A. And, we, hey, we've, we've watched the film. You watch it far more than I do. Russell's not as mobile as he used to be. He's just not. He doesn't elude the defenders like he used to. True, and true. last year, it's, it's, it's hard to really know where he's at from an arm skill standpoint because of the broken finger from last year. And his numbers for the season weren't as bad as I thought when I looked at him the other day. But still, there, there are questions about where he is. He's kind of at a crossroads. Where is he? Is he being passed up by some of the younger quarterbacks, as we think? I, I thought yeah. about your top 40 quarterback rankings. I'm going to be very interested to see where he lands sure, right. this year when you do your deep dive. Yeah. But th- there's a chance that Russell is kind of starting 
starting. Yeah, I got we'll, you. We'll find out. Yeah. My, my point is, my point is, they're working very hard to make people think he was Plan A. And one of the arguments is, well, they've been working on this for a month. And my response to that is, that means well, nothing. Right. You got two alternatives. You're working. Right. You're working Rogers. You're working Wilson. And everybody knows. This is only the deal. If we go this route, we don't know which way we're going because we don't know what Rodgers is going to do. Right. So if we have Rodgers, we may not do this deal. If we don't have Rodgers, we're going to do this deal. And the way it lined up, I mean, why? They created the impression that they pivoted automatically and immediately. A hundred percent. Yes. By doing the deal yesterday. They yes. could have done it today. If they waited they today. Yes, you're they right. They could have done it next week. You're right. No one else. Hey, if, if Russell, if it's true, and you never know what's true and what's not true, as we established at the start of the show, if it's true that Russell Wilson was only ever going to waive his no trade clause for the Broncos, you could have done it next Wednesday. You yeah. could have done it next Thursday. Yeah. You could have done it next Friday. You don't have to do it an hour after Aaron Rodgers makes it known that he's staying with the Green Bay Packers. It fuels the idea that they ricocheted off of Rodgers and went straight for Russell Wilson. Yeah, well, it definitely does. It fuels it. I mean, come on. It's just too big of a coincidence. I mean, come on. You know, they could say whatever they want, certainly. Obviously, we know they had interest in Russell Wilson. But, I, I, I mean, again, I, I think it would be crazy to think that Aaron Rodgers wasn't the guy that was in door number one. You know, and, again, it's not a slap in, in Russell Wilson. It's a guy that had common knowledge with the head coach. You can hit the ground running if you bring Aaron Rodgers in. So that's understandable. That's plan A. But I do think it speaks to, you know, the new GM, the new, organi- the new staff in the front office out there to, what, to what, the, what he told you last week at the Combine as far as, you know, hey, yeah, it, to get a franchise quarterback, we're at a 10. You know, they, they were, okay, Rodgers, you're staying in Green Bay. Damn, here's plan, here's plan B. We're getting to it. We've already got it worked out. Yes, people, I mean, that doesn't mean anything. Just because some of this was the, the groundwork for the trade was already laid down or been talked about for two weeks doesn't mean the same thing wasn't going on with Green Bay. I'm sure there was already a tentative deal in place there, too, in case that happened. Now, I don't know. I don't know. You know, that's an interesting conversation as far as the trade market you brought up. You probably have to pay a little bit more for Russell Wilson, I guess. Uh, but... I will say this about Denver and where Russell Wilson and where he should be really happy, Mike, is this. You, you mentioned he lost Fant, they lost Shelby Harris, but still got a damn good group of wide receivers still there that are young and, and moldable to, to come up with Russell here and kind of learn the system and grow as players with Russell. And then you got an offensive line. That's, as we saw last year, got better and better. You got the young running back. So there's some things there that Russell can go, yeah, we traded some assets away, but, damn, we should be pretty damn good as soon as I get into training camp and get a hold of this offense, and we can be pretty dangerous with the weapons they got around them. Yeah, absolutely. And instantly the Broncos become a team to watch in 2022, both from the big-picture standpoint of how they perform and one game at a time when they're on TV. And all of a sudden, Seattle hosting the Broncos becomes one of the most coveted games of the year because, yes, Russell Wilson will be going back home in his first year away from the Seahawks. The Broncos go to Seattle. I suspect that's going to be a primetime game, probably early enough in the season before we really know who is and isn't a contender. Right around the time Tom Brady went back to New England would be perfect week four. Russell Wilson and the Broncos at the Seahawks. Their odds are already improving for winning the Super Bowl and getting to the playoffs. And they're very excited. They haven't been to the playoffs in five years. 
They haven't been to the postseason since winning the Super Bowl. The Broncos having fun with the Wilson. <laughs> it's great. Castaway. Castaway, great movie, by the way. Underrated movie. Yeah, Seattle, I wanted that, to go like, what do what you, yeah, you yeah. lost Wilson. This has been we deleted. It. Okay, yeah, I, because they realized, like, what, what, what are we doing yeah. here? Wait, this is, you know, this is Denver's Wilson now. It, I didn't really understand their logic in this either, but they lost them for sure. He's gone. <laughs> Yeah, he's gone. He's gone. And they made that choice when they didn't have a regime change at the end of the 2021 season. That's when the seeds for this were planted. Well, actually, they were planted a year ago. They yeah, just about a, a year. That's grow. what I was say. Right. But, right. but the catalyst was they have a bad season. The offense is crap. No sign of improvement. The team is dipping. They're having a hard time competing in their own division. And they keep Pete Carroll and John Schneider in place. And I really do think Carroll benefits from the fact that they don't have fully engaged ownership in Seattle. So Carroll's basically in charge, and Russell was ready to go. And Russell, to his credit, didn't didn't push it like he did last year. No, he did Maybe not. Maybe he didn't need to because right. they already had the message behind the scenes. And he understood that it's easier to work out a deal if you're not – agitating publicly for a deal to be done just let it percolate let it breathe and they did and enter the broncos russell wilson gets what he wants even though the broncos are giving up a lot to get him and chris they're going to give up a lot more eventually yeah because they're gonna have to give them money it's just like what we've seen with the rams the last few years right i mean you make a trade with one guy no now no you can't Can't say after you're all all that stuff right you can't say well you know we've we've engaged in a careful review of your performance russ and uh, you know, we've got some concerns. We've, we've, we're we're going to have a performance review. Uh, positive. Uh, you no, know, you've got to pay him. Yes, you, 100%. You've already, you, it's done. You've given him a blank check. Whatever he wants, you've got to give him. For the most part. I mean, you're right. They have. I mean, there's no doubt. But, but that can be a positive thing, too. And I think that's probably why they were willing to trade for Russell Wilson. And that's where it's maybe, yes, a little more expensive, to your point, than Aaron Rodgers because you go – wait, we're getting a guy that's 32 and that legitimately has six, eight years of good football left, really. Where Aaron Rodgers, again, age, you know, where he's at mentally, I think was a little dicier that way. But I think that's the cool thing about, you know, the Russell Wilson combination there in Denver is that fact and that he gets to, you know, kind of build something there. Yes, they got to sign him. They got to sign him to a long-term deal. I would think that at some point during this season or as soon as the season's over that he'll get signed up to a five, six-year extension and be a Denver Bronco for, you know, what I would think is, you know, to the end of his career, at least till he makes another move, maybe at the very end, something like that. But game changer. And then, you know, there we are, AFC, we sit, we're still sitting there going, man, the AFC, they got a lot of good quarterbacks. The AFC, they got a lot of good quarterbacks. And the NFC loses one of their better ones, and now he's in the AFC too. I mean, it's just it's unbelievable. The AFC West is going to be must-watch TV on a weekly basis with, with the quarterbacks they got out there. Obviously, the two games against Patrick Mahomes, two games against Justin Herbert, two games against Derek Carr, a right. guy whose job Wilson was willing to try to take yeah, last right, year because right. the Raiders were one of the four teams that were identified as trade destinations. Right. Then you've got games against the Titans on the road. That's a compelling game now, Broncos and Titans. you got a game at Baltimore against Lamar Jackson next year. And, and Russell Wilson and the Broncos play every team from the NFC West, not just the Seahawks. He's going to see the 49ers again. He's going to see the Cardinals again. He's going to see the Rams again in his first year out of Seattle. A compelling season 
for the Denver Broncos, and they become relevant. And, hey, at a time when they're looking for a buyer for the franchise. What? Cha-ching. Not a bad time to puff up the value of the team. Yes. Here we go. We got a new coach. We got a GM who's been here for a year, and we got a franchise quarterback. Come on, Bezos. Come on, Bezos. Write that check, baby. It, it, it benefited everybody. That's where you look at it. For, the, for them, it was a no-brainer. I mean, it benefits, yes, justifying your new head coach. Let's give him a quarterback, and he's supposed to be an offensive genius. Let's get that going. It benefits the GM. Bam. All right, we got that guy now. We don't have to worry about it, and I can build the rest of the roster, and there's no more worrying about the quarterback position. You know, so now they can spend their time in free agency in the middle rounds of the draft trying to get some better players on the front seven on the defensive line and, 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 and positions of, of need. So you look at that, and then you're right. With the ownership on top of it, I mean, bam. I mean, again, I don't know. I mean, Denver was already one of the better franchises in all of football. It's got a great stadium. they got a great facility. they got everything you need. You know, they got some tradition. They do. they got a great following and fan base, and now you add the quarterback to it. Yeah, I mean, look, things look good in Denver, especially with the young talent they got on their football team, even on the defensive side. Bradley Chubb there, Sertain. I mean, looks like he's going to be a, a budding superstar here going. So uh, if you're a Broncos fan or somebody looking to buy the Broncos, damn, that looks real good right now for sure. I got an important question. Yeah. What's he going to say now when he signs off an interview or a press conference? He ain't going to say go Hawks. <laughs> no, he's not. Is, gonna, is it go Bronx? Is go, it go Bronx? It's not. No, I mean, I've go never Bronx? heard Bronx. I've never heard. Go Bronx? I, he might have to come up with some. They might have to come up with some other slogan. Yeah, I don't know what that's going to be. I go. bet he's going to say go Bronx. I bet I get. I bet Bronx is going to become a thing. Yeah, I bet he's going to say go Bronx. <laughs> Okay. Not, not, not <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're, we're, Pete says we're going to ask points bet as to what the odds will be for the Russell Wilson sign off. But it will not be. It will not be. Go Hawks. Speaking of the Hawks, where do they go from here? They got a problem. I mean, what do you do? Drew Locke's not your starting quarterback. And you may as well have a billboard in front of your facility. We're going to be looking at a quarterback in round one of the draft. Go ahead and leapfrog us. I don't know what they do. And, Chris, I won't be surprised if they get in the Deshaun Watson conversation. They got all these extra trade assets now. Doesn't that make sense? Doesn't it make sense that they would jump right in to Deshaun Watson immediately? We're going to, I assume, talk about Watson coming up later in the program and how he's moving toward potential resolution of his criminal cases. But if you're Pete Carroll now, you got all this stuff, you become what the Broncos were as of yesterday. You're looking around. Yeah. You're looking to see what's out there. You're, you, you've got the potential to go get yourself a veteran quarterback. Who, I'd rather have a veteran quarterback walk through the front door of the facility to replace Russell Wilson than a rookie. It's too much pressure on a rookie. I would not advocate using a first-round pick on a quarterback. That's a disaster waiting to happen following Russell Wilson. I'd say go get Deshaun Watson if, uh, if they're comfortable with the legal situation and the allegations and everything else surrounding that. I'll be interested to see what they do. I really will. I mean, I hear what you're saying. I do. I get that. But I also look at them and go, they're different than the Broncos because the Broncos are one of those teams, Mike, you know, we've talked about this a lot. We look at them and go, they're kind of ready. Like, they're really damn close. They just need the quarterback. The Seahawks, I sit here and raise my hand and go, no, negative Ghost Rider. They're not ready. They're not ready in a lot of areas. And they got questions throughout their roster. So what do they want to do? Do they want to trade all these new assets they got away and got a quarterback and go, okay, wait, we got the quarterback now, but 
oh, crap, we still don't got an offensive line. Oh, crap, we still don't have a defensive lineman that anybody in America knows their name of. Oh, crap, we still don't have a corner that anybody knows of in America. Like, that, that to me would be their problem. And I would think, hey, this is a team that built itself on drafting the rookie quarterback or at least getting a guy that's of value and then trying to build the roster. I, I expect them to do that, Mike. I, I mean, again, I, I've got no inside knowledge here, but I, I feel like they're going to try to, like, history repeat itself, find a value, you know, maybe low-level starter. Maybe they draft a quarterback they like. There's not going to be pressure on it. But I think more of the focus will be building the football team because you look at it, it just there's, there's questions across the roster everywhere. I mean, almost every position on the team, other than the two wide receivers, you go, and, and the linebackers, you know, with Wagner, and, and Wagner, he's still a free agent. They got Jordan Brooks. They got, they got so many questions. I just don't think they'll do that. I don't. Yeah, they whacked Bobby Wagner yesterday. That's so right. they have no one yep. left from – their Super Bowl 48 Crazy. championship team, a game they won against, against the, the Broncos. Broncos. <laughs> so. It is amazing. I mean, it really is, it really is yeah. crazy yeah. how things have fallen together for the Broncos and are falling apart for the Seahawks. They have a long way to go. And they were able fairly quickly to put a championship-caliber team together when Pete Carroll and John Schneider arrived in 2010. By year three... They had the pieces in place, and by year four, they were a Super Bowl championship team. Now they're starting over again. Now they're yeah. typically drafting low in round one, which is one of the reasons why they're not getting the best of the best players. Look back to 2010 when they had two picks in the top half. They get Russell Okung and Earl Thomas. Oh, then they, they start drafting then. later and later. I remember Bruce Irvin was a surprise as the 15th overall pick in 2012. My God, right. it's been 10 years since Bruce Irvin Isn't was drafted. Isn't that crazy? Holy crap, we're but, getting yeah. old. Yeah, but but in but in well, I've already been old. You're the one who's getting old. You're an old uh, timer. But in, in 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 more recent years, yeah, swings and misses for the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, and and the Jamal Adams trade that resulted in two first round picks being sent to the New York Jets. So uh, it, it's a challenge. It's yeah, a we'll challenge. see what they do with them. Like you said, we'll see what they do with them because they built the dynasty off of great picks, like you like you mentioned. Mid-round picks, Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman, Michael. I mean, they got Michael Bennett in free agency. Excuse me, but all these guys, all those guys, for the most part, that team was full, full of third and fourth round like superstars. And then it's faltered the last few years to, to what you're saying. You're right; they haven't killed it in the draft by any stretch of the imagination. You know, you know, Pete got in my ear and said, "Yeah, maybe they reached on some of those guys. Yeah, they definitely took some guys that." Maybe we're off the radar a little bit for most teams as far as when they picked them. They were going to be a little farther down. They liked them. They went with it. Didn't work out. This is this is going to be a big one now. We're all going to be looking to go. Wait, they just traded Russell Wilson away. What the hell are they going to do with all these damn picks? And is it really going to help their football team? Yeah, big time pressure on Schneider and, and Pete Carroll now. And you got to wonder. Pete Carroll turned seventy-one in September. Yeah. He's got the same birthday as my son. My son won't be 71, though. But <laughs> you, you got to wonder at what point he says, I'm getting too old for this crap. I know, I know. The old Danny Glover right. line from the Lethal Weapon series, although right. he doesn't say crap, obviously. But, uh, like, do I really want to go back to square one and, and reboot this thing? And and, and maybe, maybe the motivation is to, you know, really do go back to square one. 
revisit and yeah. rekindle all those things from 10 right. years ago and try to build a team from scratch. Here we go. Sandals to sandals in 10 years. And now we try to turn it around and put a Super Bowl winner together and then walk off into the sunset. But you also wonder what the fuse is from the standpoint of ownership. What yes, kind of leash agreed. does Carroll have? Yes. Is he in trouble? Right. Because, hey, Russ is gone. Russ is gone. Whether he wanted it, you wanted it, or whatever, he's gone. Now we got we got to do something here. Yeah. We got to keep the stadium full. We got to keep the twelves engaged. It's very easy to show up and be loud and passionate and register on the Richter scale when the team is good. If the team goes to pot, and 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 you start having a fan base that that is angst ridden and upset and not showing up for games, you got a problem. Yeah. So yeah, um, you know I. Oof. I don't know when Pete Carroll is going to be on the hot seat because, again, Jody Allen is as disengaged as her brother Paul was from the day-to-day management of the team. This is held and run like a corporation. Vulcan is the entity that has all of the Paul Allen properties that Jody Allen inherited. And, and hey, from a balance sheet standpoint, Seahawks are kicking ass. doesn't matter if you're winning games. All of these teams are making money. The question is, at what point does Jody Allen say, I'm not satisfied? with the on-field performance. There was one report last year from NFL Network that she was upset, but then the season ends and Carroll stays, and now Wilson goes. So advantage Carroll, but how long? How long? One year, two years, three years? How long does he have to turn this new version of the team around? Well, uh, you know, we had this conversation a little yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Maybe it was Monday. I can't remember. But, like, we were were talking about, and I know know we brought up – Hey, one of the reasons I wasn't sure Russell Wilson would get traded was we were wondering how much longer Pete Carroll might go. What's the overall vision of the football team? You know, if Pete Carroll's thinking, hey, wait, I'm coming down the home stretch and we got two or three years here, I would imagine you don't want to trade Russell Wilson. But if you're in it for like, wait, I've, I got five or six left here, then maybe you do. Or maybe you just realized you had no choice, which is what I really think the issue was, that they realized that, wait, we got to do something, whether I'm here two years, three years, five years, it doesn't matter. This dude, number three, Russell Wilson, after this year's over, is going to have us, you know, in a big-time power position here to where he can do whatever he wants and really dictate things. And, and then we're kind of handicapped that way. And I think that's probably what they came to realize at some point, to go, you brought it up yesterday. Russell Wilson going into his last year of his contract next year. He would have all the power. They struck now while the iron was hot, and, you know, good for them. They seems like they got maximum out of uh, the trade from the Denver Broncos. And that's the other thing to remember. We've mentioned that Russell Wilson will now be in a position to get paid a ton of money by the Broncos. The Seahawks knew that this was the sweet spot to trade him because if you trade him next year, when he is one year away from the expiration of his contract and banging the drum about getting a new contract via his agent, the Tom Hagen of the NFL, Mark Rogers, who has one client, thus can drive the hardest possible bargain without regard to upsetting any other relationships or undermining the interests of any of his other clients. He can focus solely on the interests of Mark Rogers or or Russell Wilson. That was coming. So, if you're trading Russell Wilson and he's demanding a new contract on the way through the door, you're getting less than you otherwise would get. Exactly. Right. This is the time to get maximum compensation. Now, I think they would have gotten more last year, Chris, if they had traded him to the Bears. I think they probably would have gotten more, but they weren't ready to do it yet. Right. This year, they, get, they still get a good deal. They get seven assets, but they don't get three ones. They get two ones. 
and uh, now they and they may be low ones because the Broncos Denver are in a better be position good. to turn it around than the right. Bears were. But I think they knew next year we don't get much. Next year we don't get much um, in comparison to what we would have gotten this year because next year you definitely have to pay Russell Wilson on the way in the door. Yeah. This year you don't. Right. And if they would have kept Russell Wilson, that, that would have been a pro- – look, I, I know how this would have gone next year. Wherever the quarterback market is, Russell Wilson was going to want to be at the top of it. Right. We've seen him get there twice. And 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 you're going to have to do it again. And the salary cap keeps going up and these agents who represent franchise quarterbacks are constantly agitating for franchise quarterbacks to get more and more and more. And definitely the, this group, you know, right. th- this is this is kind of kind of even though the Seahawks have gotten real assets for Russell Wilson, this is kind of the first tangible example, I think, of a team saying we're getting off this train. We're not doing this. Fifty million a year? No, no, we're not going to pay you fifty million a year. They just drew the line in the sand a year early. Yeah, uh, you you might be right. Oh, hey, again, I think they're a team that believes in like, hey, we can do it with a team. We won a Super Bowl with a quarterback that was a second year guy that we weren't reliant on. That he had to carry the squad with his right arm and forty five passes a game. Yeah, his name was Russell Wilson. It was early on in his career, but that's how they did it. You know, they did it through running the ball, playing defense, Percy Harvin returning a kick or punt return every now and then to change the field position. That's the style of football they played. You know, and, you know, we got tangible evidence that they're not scared, too. We brought this up again a little last week when we were talking about this conversation at the Combine, and we were trying to tell everybody Russell Wilson's trying to get traded. And, you know, you look at social media and people go, you're an idiot, stop saying that. Well, no, they were, um, but... You know, my, we, we know, too, of, of what we've talked about in the past. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there a little bit. Was, you know, again, we know they called the Cleveland Browns a few years ago to get the number one, or to, to, to get the number one pick and trade him Russell Wilson and started all over again that way. You know, they had their eye on Josh Allen. You know, so, so th- this is a team that I don't think is afraid to go that route with let's play the value quarterback or the young quarterback and build the team and see if we can build the quarterback through play and on the field and, and the way we play through the team. I think that's kind of the way they're looking at it probably there in Seattle. And don't worry, Bills fans. You're not going to hear Brandon Bean or Sean McDermott say we have no intention to trade Josh Allen. <laughs> yeah, they no, say, they're going to go. Are you crazy? They're, yeah, they're going to hang not up. Trading what a stupid Josh question. Allen, Seattle Seahawks. No. <laughs> right. What? Why are you? How did you get a credential to attend this press conference? <laughs> no, we are not trading Josh Allen. And again, just to underscore the point, folks, that's why it caught our ear when Pete Carroll went, no intention. That is a far cry from, what are you doing? Why'd you ask that question? Don't you have better things to do? We're not trading Russell Wilson. Are you high? I mean, that's the kind of reaction that you got to look for if you truly want the door to be slammed. And hopefully we've all learned a lesson from this, although I have a feeling that we haven't learned a lesson from it. And I have a feeling that the next time someone says no intention, at least I won't have to go back to 2013 and Percy Harvin. I can go to 2022. Yeah, you got a new one. And Pete Carroll. Yeah, this is we your new fresh... one. Did you like you like that one with the Percy Harvin? You like you like the Matt Rule Cam Newton one? You like can't, I can't wait to coach him. Oh, yep, you can't like that wait to one. Coach him. Uh, you like Nick Saban, you know, I'm not leaving to go to Alabama until he is leaving I'm to not, go to I'm Alabama. not going to be the Alabama coach. Right. I don't know right. how many so times now I have you got to say you got four. You got you got a quadfecto now that you can dive into to go don't, don't listen yeah. to head coaches when they talk. 
<laughs> yeah, but but don't listen to anybody in this business other than us. Don't listen to anybody because the people who are in it have strategic reasons yes, for not to telling BS. You the truth. They're right. not they're not congenital liars like that old John Lovitz character from SNL. They have to lie. It is often a must lie situation. I mean, what was Nick Saban going to say at a press conference late in the season while he still has games to go for the Dolphins? Now he just he sold it too hard. He went too far. There's got to be a better way to deal with it. You got to nuance it a little bit because, as we've learned, you can nuance it a little bit and fool everybody, like Pete Carroll did. Yeah, you can say no intention. Maybe maybe Nick Saban should have said, "I have no intention what, to leave." Well, and everybody what, said, "Hey, he's not leaving." Well, what no, I, I just don't have no intention to leave. What I don't get, Mike, is like you know, with this type of situation where basically everybody in football knew the deal, except for people outside of football that are on the outside. You know, that we're calling us idiots. Everybody knew that Russell Wilson, you know, is going to finagle his way. You know, he told, he's told too many people. I mean, period. I mean, I don't, I don't know the way to say it. But, you know, what, what, what I would just, like, want to have fun with here for a second is, like, what would have been so bad if he just said, you know, we have taken some calls for Russell Wilson, and we've gotten some pretty good, damn good offers, and we're thinking about it. Like, what what is so bad about that? To me, I almost look well, at it if I was up there in that podium and might go, well, that might get things going even more and build up more momentum. It's a mess. It's a mess if he doesn't get traded. I guess That's so. the problem. I, you're right. It's That's hard to walk is. that back. That's what it is. Yes. And you put yourself in a position where you have to trade him, which means you have to take whatever the best offer is that you get, and you can't squeeze that last little bit of toothpaste out of the tube. That that's what this is all about. Yeah. Leverage. Operating from a position of strength and getting the most yeah. for your asset. Right. That's what it is. If yeah. you're too desperate, I mean, it's one of the problems the Texans are going to have with Deshaun Watson. you got Lovey Smith every other day saying, God, when are we going to trade this guy? No, Lovey. Lovey. No. No. You don't get your maximum value if you're too anxious. Just like anything else, a car you're trying to sell, a house you're trying to sell. If you're too motivated, if you seem too motivated, you're going to do a deal that, uh, that isn't a good deal for you. And so now the question becomes, what happens to some of these other guys on the roster as the Seahawks slip into rebuild mode, right? DK Metcalf can't be happy. He can't be happy with this. Definitely not. And Tyler Lockett, and, Jamal Adams, hey, me, they're all looking you, at it let me going, tell you, Let me tell you, Jamal Adams is going to be pissed. Of course he is. Jamal Adams is going to be pissed. Jamal Adams went to Seattle to play with Russell Wilson. Jamal Adams went to Seattle because he doesn't like losing. Guess what, Jamal? Well, last year wasn't an aberration. Last year may have been the start of a short-term trend. The remaining years of your prime, as you go out there and throw your body around recklessly each and every game, it is in a wasted effort. They're going to have a problem with Jamal Adams. And, Chris, I don't know when we set the over-under on when he gets traded. Is it trade deadline 22 or trade deadline 23? I think he's gone at some point in the next two years because he is going to be pissed and he is going to be the same kind of problem for the Seahawks that he was for the Jets because they're going to be losing. And he wants to win. And as long as he's winning, he's fine. If he, and, that's, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. All I'm saying is they're going to have a problem with Jamal Adams now that Russell Wilson's gone. Yeah, well, they're going to have to show him that the future, you know, there, there's light at the end of the tunnel or the future's bright, whatever the hell you want to say, whatever those people say out there. they got to show him that this year. they got to show that the plan, you know, has, has a future here. they got a ton of money now left in the, in, as far as cap space now that Russell Wilson's off the books. They should be able to be major players in free agency. And then, of course, we know they got two first-round picks, one at number nine. 
What is the number nine, of course, from from uh, the Denver Broncos? And I can't remember where their pick is exactly. So, but it's Didn't around make that the playoffs range too. In the top twenty somewhere. Right. Right. So. Oh wait, they don't know. No, wait. They, they lost it because yeah. of Jamal Adams. They lost the Jets it. Got Oops. It. Jets. So, have it. so they got the one pick. Right. All right. But either way, they got picks in other rounds too to, to of course, bolster the team. And they're going to have to, yeah, show a guy like Jamal Adams that things are going in the right direction. And we'll see. We'll see what they do with the quarterback position too. You know, there's a lot of interesting things out there. Uh, so so it's, it's, it's not over yet, and maybe they can make a guy like Jamal Adams a believer in the, the overall plan. Um, one last point before we take a break, and yeah. one of the reasons why I love this whole no intention thing. Back when I started practicing law 31 years ago, when I was working at a big firm in Pittsburgh, one of the first cases I worked on involving a couple of corporate behemoths, and I can't even remember who the hell they were. Not like huge, big, like IBM, you know what I mean? But they were, they were big, rich, powerful companies. The case pivoted on the interpretation of the phrase present intention. And I mean, it was a big knockdown drag out. So anytime I hear that no intention, I think I have flashbacks. And it's, it's, it's not quite PTSD, but maybe it's a tough job and working hard and all came down to present intention, but the whole point was intentions can change. You can change your intention at any time. It's just what you plan to do right now that doesn't mean you're absolutely going to do it. That's why no intention is that red flag and always should be when we hear it in this context or any context. It's always the wiggle room. It's always the weasel word. It's always the way out of something that you otherwise would be locked in to do, Chris. And again, hopefully we can finally... Get everyone to sign on to the idea that when you hear no intention or you hear intention in any format or in any context as it relates to the NFL or anything else, be aware. Yeah. Be aware that that's the little escape hatch that may be utilized maybe by next week (laughs) as we found out. No, no, no doubt. Listen, I I think we know going forward, you you can't trust it. You don't know. I mean, that's that's the end of the line. Like you said, they're protecting, you know, their maximization of what they're trying to do and, you know, finagling or getting whatever they can out of these situations to the utmost. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's just another example. Put it on our tab. We don't believe you, NFL coaches, when you talk in front of the mic. We don't believe you. But at least they give us a little something we can seize on. You know, I'd rather focus on language than the scratching of the right under the eye or the, the, you know, whatever body language is a little harder to interpret. It's easier to interpret no intention. So go ahead and keep using it when the door is open subtly, quietly, secretly for something to be done. Let's take a break. The door is open in Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers is walking through it. Uh, let's let, we'll, we'll make sense of everything related to what happened yesterday with Aaron Rodgers when PFC Live continues right after. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait but marines will always be there they are the constant in the chaos no matter the battlefield marines adapt to win defeating every shifting threat protecting our nation's future the few the proud the marines aaron Rodgers, who loves to play word games was playing some word games again yesterday look 
I, I, hey, I, I, I don't care. I've already written it. I'm going to say it. What the hell is wrong with him? Why does he have to post a tweet that says this? Hey, everyone, I just wanted to clear some things up. Yes, I will be playing with the Packers next year. However, reports about me signing a contract are inaccurate, as are the supposed terms of the contract I, air quotes, signed. I'm very excited to be back. That's just going to confuse people. Quibbling over, first of all, quibbling over the notion that he's actually signed a new contract, Chris. No one reported that he signed a contract. And that term gets thrown around all the time, casually, recklessly. Agreed to terms means you have an understanding and it hasn't been reduced to writing that you put your name on. Signed means you've taken a pen and you put your name on it. I went back and looked at the report for me and Rappaport of NFL Media. He said agreed to terms. That doesn't mean – I mean, if we're going to be technical in our language, vaccinated, immunized, we've got to be technical with what was said. Agreed to terms is accurate. Signed, that was never said. So, yeah, it's not accurate. No one ever said it. And and he's also quibbling with the reported terms of four years, 200 million. Now, look, we we know how this goes. It's really five years, 226 million because it's a four-year, $200 million extension. And the, the, I, I've heard the extension may be like a little bit off of $200 million. But why, why? Why are you? Aaron, you're, you're better than that. I always hate that phrase because I say to people, you don't know that I'm better than that. I'm worse than that. He's better than this, or at least he should be better than this. He should be above worrying about crap like that. When the news is, or at least should be, he's staying with the Packers. It's just going to confuse people who don't follow it closely. When they see that tweet, they're going to be, what's this all about? This is odd. Is, is he, so he's just, coming back, he's just coming back for 2023 or 2022, and he's going to be a free agent next year? I, I, it just, it, that, that rubbed me the wrong way. It does them and no good. Packers, it's weird. Packers, Packers fans are happy, and they're going to overlook it. But it, it's it, you're right. What what is the benefit to Aaron Rodgers? I, I don't know. Tweeting that. What's I don't the know. Benefit? Yeah, there, there there is none. I mean, honestly, one, you know, he he rarely tweets, right? And now you're gonna tweet this first off. Like, let's just let, all right. So first time in two months, Pete's telling me. So we haven't heard him in two months. This is what he's gonna tweet about. How, let's just be happy you're, you made your decision to made and you're with the Packers. That's the first thing. Just just be happy. Let's all. Rejoice in that and talk about that, you know, and then it looks worse or double worse just because now it comes out the tweet in the middle of, wait, Russell Wilson's taking control of the media here. And it's like, wait, wait, I want some attention. That's the way it's going to look. Whether you intend that to be or not, you're Aaron Rodgers and that's the perception around you. Okay. And then, yes, you know, you for you to get into little words also is just like, eh, wait, challenge flag, Uh, you and little words. You, you're always mad about them, but now you're going to get into this. First off, and what? For what reason? Why? For his reputation? He doesn't like it that it looks like, oh, wait, I, I'm burning the team selfishly for $50 million a year? Is that what it is? I don't know. I don't understand it either, Mike. I don't. I mean, think about it. Rappaport reports four years, $200 million, and instantly Pat McAfee, who, and I mean, like, he clearly, and he eventually admitted it, he was just parroting what, Aaron Rodgers, who's on his show every week, was telling him. Everybody knew that. It was of kind of funny. He tried to make it into a little bit, and it was humorous. But it's coming straight from Rodgers. Rodgers is immediately trying to push back. Oh, that's inaccurate. That's inaccurate. That's inaccurate. Yeah, does he not want to look like a pig? I don't I think that's it. what it is. I think that's what it is. No. He doesn't want to look. He, he's sitting there going, wait, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, who are better than me, okay, right now, they're not making this kind of money. And, 
Um, yes, and we talk about our team in Green Bay here and how we need to do that, and this doesn't look like I'm – yes, I've helped the team out, but to a certain extent, I'm still the man and making sure I'm breaking records with the contract. That's what it looks like. And, you know, again, I'm Aaron Rodgers' number one fan. We know that. But I just – I keep it real. I'm not going to sit here and BS just because I love the guy on the football field. That's what it looks like. Uh, and and, and, and – the perception around him is already that. So it's like a double whammy that way. You know who he needs to be mad at? And see, this is the thing. He he is so self-brainwashed. He has self-brainwashed himself <laughs> to think that nobody in his inner circle ever says anything to anyone. And it's laughable, Aaron, because they do. And you know who put out four years, $200 million? Now, look, I know Ian doesn't like source guessing, but it doesn't take a genius to figure out it's somebody from Athletes First. It's somebody who wants to get the word out that we negotiate yeah, a four-year, $200 million contract. Right. That's the entity that has the incentive to put that word out. That's where the trail of breadcrumbs would lead it always leads when it's when anyone is putting out a big number it's always coming from the agent the team never does it ever even when the numbers that are put out by the agent are wrong rarely if ever does the team push back because the team wants everyone to be happy go ahead and think you got a better deal than you did go ahead and make it look that's fine we'll deal with whatever the fallout of that may be we want our guy to be happy as he's putting pen to paper. So I will I mean, say this. Do you think this is one, though, that the team I'm – not, I'm not accusing or anything. This is one where I would think the team wants it out there too, though. Not that they put it out there, but I would think it's serving it's self-serving to the team, Mark Murphy and Gutenkus, to have that out there too, to be like, hey, look, Green Bay Packers fans, we've given them everything. Here it is. Boom. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. Again, no knowledge well, there. Yeah. It's 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 – I think different than a normal case, but yeah. there's always right. the incentive for the agent to get the word Agreed. out. A-S-A-F-P. Right. The moment that, that Rogers said, because here's how, here's how it went folks. And I know there's going to be, Oh, it didn't go this way. He, he was picking off of a menu. He was sitting at the IHOP and he had a menu with four items on it. Just like my cousin Vinny, they, they got three items, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He had four <laughs> items and, and it all only came down to two. He's torn between Broncos and Packers, unless, of course, he wasn't. I mean, that's the other side of this. I'm going to digress here for a second. What if he did get kind of a weird vibe from Nathaniel Hackett? What if at some point over the past week, he kind of got the feeling they didn't want him in Denver? Kind of got the feeling that, you know, they're really not trying to convince me as hard as I thought they would be. They're really not pulling out all the stops. They're really not having Brad Childress pick me up at the airport. They're really not doing all the stuff that I thought they were going to do. I, there's got to be more to the story here, if there's any truth to the idea that the Broncos made Russell Wilson plan A. And it's possible that's all crap and that Rodgers was plan A. But at the end of the day, it was Broncos or Rodgers or, or Packers or retirement. But uh, – I, you know, bottom line is once he decides to stay in Green Bay, that's when I believe the agents mobilize. And I'm just saying generally, I know that once a guy says this is my deal, the agent mobilizes to get the word out yeah. because the agent wants wants to look good. We, right. hey, we, we've, we're we the firm that's negotiated the richest contract in NFL history. Please sign with us. Yeah. I, well, listen, I've been led to believe it was Broncos Packers by people I know. And yeah. I don't think it's a coincidence. Well, I mean, come on. The NFL, it's not that coincidental. Come on, everybody. 
Like, uh, you know, the, the Tooth Fairy's not real, all right? Mickey Mouse. Hey, he, hey, he, kids yeah. watch this show. Sorry, Mickey ain't real either. It's some guy with a damn Mickey. mask on, all right? I don't know. There are none of them are real, all right? Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Santa, you know, questionable there. If you're a young kid, cover your ears, okay? I could say worse, what, young kid. What kids. are you doing? Right. What's wrong with you? Uh, but did you smoke before the show today? No, I God. didn't. I don't know. I might have been better off. Maybe you I should have. Been more have. Calm. Right, I know. <laughs> but, but, yes, I mean, I, I don't know. I think it goes back to what you've said, what we've said. You said it yesterday specifically. You know, I think when Rodgers just kind of surveys the landscape, he probably looked at it like you did yesterday and said, I still think my best option is to be where I am and the team I'm at. And let alone, I think, you know, he is a guy that maybe needs to be comfort, comforted or feel like he's the king a little bit more than normal. Where like a new, going to a new place is a little bit like, damn, wow, I got to go there and establish my dominance and, you know, get things the way I want them there. I think that's a daunting task for a guy like Rodgers. But I, I do think that there was a real love there, and I do think, you know, just from everything I've heard, Nathaniel Hackett and Rodgers are two peas in a pod to where I would think that was a genuine interest there. Uh, but, you know, maybe Denver knowing, you know, hey, we got a guy in the background over here that we like a lot too. Maybe they didn't have to kiss his butt quite to the extent that maybe Rodgers, you know, would have liked. Well, and that's the thing. Hackett has found a way to work with Aaron Rodgers, but we don't know how much Hackett has bent for Aaron Rodgers. And Hackett has witnessed all of the drama, all of the issues, all of the stuff. And either, well, well, look, if, if, if Rodgers was plan A and he told the Broncos no and they pivot to Russell Wilson, it's not an issue. But if there, if there was any sense that the organization was torn and they could have had Aaron Rodgers and Hackett wanted him and Peyton wanted Russell Wilson, that's going to be something those guys have to work through. We don't know that. We don't know that. But if, if what they're pushing, that Russell Wilson was plan A for the organization, if that's true, there is a chance Hackett was like, yeah, the guy I know, we want him in the Super Bowl sooner than later. The guy I know may be able to come in and do it, even though he's only won one in his career. And, and that's the other side of this, too. You got two guys. All the talk yesterday, they got one career Super Bowl win each right Rodgers and Wilson and I, I know this isn't on the script the outline for today just like it wasn't last night and I still pivoted to it on PFTPM you gotta wonder what Tom Brady's thinking while all this is happening I think this I think yesterday is the kind of day that makes it more likely Brady's coming back all this attention for guys who have two Super Bowl rings between them and I've got seven and I can still play, right? And I, listen, I, 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 I think you, it makes man. it more likely, not not, not less likely. That I, he's I've find changed a way my back. tune. I've changed my tune. I know that. I, I definitely have. I, I mean, I went. I've, I've flipped three times already. I mean, a month ago in the season, I was going, no way, Brady will be back. Then, okay, wait, he's going to retire. I think, oh yeah, he's definitely done. Uh, I had somebody like this tell me yesterday. Tom Brady said he's going to play to forty-five. I've never known Tom Brady not to do what he says he's going to say. This is someone that's got a little knowledge of Brady. And then, of course, yes, you know, the 49ers rumors. I'm with you. All the things, you know. I mean, again, my buddy Kyle Shanahan, he would get mad at me. I don't know. I didn't talk to Kyle Shanahan. Haven't talked to him in a while. But, yeah, it just does. It looks weird. I mean, it looks weird. We know Brady was finagling his way out a little bit in Tampa. We know. There was some, there was some talk with Miami. 
period. We know. Just like we knew Russell Wilson wanted to get the hell out of Seattle. And then to be in San Francisco last week, why Shanahan's not at the Combine. And then Brian Greasy gets hired, a guy that played at Michigan with Brady. You got Trey Lance, young quarterback. It's probably the only move that you can, like, really look at and go, wait, this could justify everybody not criticizing us for trading three first-round picks for a guy and we put him on the bench one more year. For Tom Brady, no one's going to question it. They'll be able to, oh, it's Tom Brady, and, oh, look, he'll teach Trey Lance. Uh, I mean, the more the time goes on, yes, uh, uh, I'm, I'm with you there. He's, he's, he's friends with Adam Peters, one of the higher-ups in the 49ers organization. Peters worked in New England. There's just too many damn dots to connect there, and that's where I'm, I'm with you with the Brady thing. I, I got to see him not in a uniform come training camp to believe it. That's, that's when I'll believe it. Another alternative for the 49ers could be Jordan Love if they're interested in swinging a trade. And I'm <laughs> kidding about that because they have Trey Lance. But Jordan Love has very low salaries the final two years of his rookie contract. And if now, if you're the Packers, you could just say, we're going to keep him as the backup. Yes. He's cheaper than any backup we could get on the open market. He's been here for two years. Yes, it ruins his career. And I remember last year when all the crap was going on, I said the one guy I feel bad for exactly. is Jordan Love. Right. Because he's the only one that didn't choose yes. to be in this stew of dysfunction. Got he got drafted into it. And if they want to screw him for the next two years and keep him from playing, they, they can. And he doesn't make anything the next two years. I hope they trade him. I hope they do the right thing. He was a pawn in this broader dance, this Shakespearean drama between Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. And they owe it to him to let him go to a place where he's got a chance to play. And I could see him going to Miami as an alternative to Tua. Sure. I could see him in Pittsburgh as an alternative to Mason Rudolph. He could be maybe the guy behind Baker Mayfield in, in Cleveland. But put him somewhere where he's going to have a chance to play because the only way he's got a chance to play in Green Bay is if Aaron Rodgers breaks that collarbone for the third time. Yeah, well, yes, it is. It's, it's or, or test positive again. Oh, wait, that's over now. It's tough It's tough love for Jordan Love. I mean, it really is. It's, it's a really tough situation. I, I did think about him a lot yesterday when all this went down. I mean, just where do you go? I mean, first off, if I'm Green Bay, I'm not doing anything. I'm not trading Jordan Love unless I get an offer that really, like, blows me away. I'm not. You know, cause for the reasons you said. I mean, yes, it's it's not nice. I get it. But football ain't nice. And the the business of football is the most brutal business there is. So, yeah, they've paid them money. They got them. I, I, they're a really good football team, as we know. I, I wouldn't trade Jordan Love. I would keep him there because, hey, I want to, you know, protect my team in case Rodgers does get hurt. You know, in case Rodgers pulls a calf muscle that he's had issues with through the years or the collarbone like you talked about. Uh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade them away for any for nothing. Is what I'm saying. It would have to be something that really I go. Oh wow. Okay. This is a little too good for me to say no. I'm gonna. Tr we'll trade them and we'll try to find a, a backup somewhere else that that makes sense for us. Here's the other side of it too. There may be some stubbornness on the part of the front office to not cry uncle on the Jordan Love. Sure, draft I would game. agree with that too. Right. You you kind of already have. By signing Aaron Rodgers to a new contract and him choosing to stay, and I'm sure the next two years are fully guaranteed. And That's another thing with this contract. We don't know. We don't know until we see, and I say this all the time with big contracts. Until it's signed, Mike. Contracts signed. <laughs> right. Well, it's not signed yet. It's agreed to terms, unless it isn't. 
But they better do something because that cap number is $46.66 million. So there's going to be something put in place by next Wednesday if he's staying. There's no way he's staying on a one-year $46.66 million cap number. That's not happening. But my point is, I was told yesterday to keep an eye on the structure of this one, that it may be put together in a way where he can walk away after any given season with no financial penalty. So he could go after 2022. That's all the more reason to right. keep Jordan Love. Right. What, 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 what if they win a Super Bowl and he decides, hey, that was a long 12 years from one Super Bowl to the other. Uh, we kind of got lucky in the divisional round. Yeah. We shouldn't have won the championship game. You. Made that one throw, that one bounce to the ball, that one bad call. God, it's tough to win. I'm just done. This yeah. is it. I'm going to do the, the John Elway, Michael Strahan, Jerome Bettis, Peyton Manning, walk off into the sunset with a Super Bowl trophy. See you later. For that reason, they should keep Jordan Love around because he could be the guy a year from now. Yes. It's why I said earlier in the show, I said I think it's a blessing disguised with Russell Wilson because you could have that in Denver too if he went there. That would have scared me if I was Denver. Oh, wait, we won the Super Bowl the first year with Rodgers. Damn, he's gone. Oh, crap. We traded away all those picks. He's retired. Oh, crap. We're right back in the same spot. We need to find a quarterback again. Uh, that 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 yes, very real, and I think that is a very no, another good point to why to why you keep Jordan Love. Let alone, I think you're right. I mean, I think the front office is not going to want to just sell him down the river for a bag of chips. You know, they still want to. Yeah, their egos are probably hurt to a degree, even though they will still be able to play the card. Look, we drafted this guy, and look at the fuse that lit under Rodgers, and look what he did. I know they'll be able to play that angle still. You know, but I don't think they were that smart to think that this was all going to happen quite this way. You know, so again, but I wouldn't trade Jordan Love. I wouldn't, you know, to just protect the football team of the Green Bay Packers at that price. He's one of the least expensive backup quarterbacks you'll find in football. And, you know, the other reality, too, is keeping him around is the constant reminder that here he is. Yeah, you're right. Here's the guy that lit the fire under your ass. Here he is. Here he is. We still got him. We still got him. We still got him. The other side of it, too, is for Rodgers, because my, my first thought yesterday when I saw the four years, 200 million, this is finally over. He's going he's gonna to stay with the Packers and the drama is over. But is it really over? I think every year he's going to go through the should I retire thing. Every single year he's become Brett Favre. Every year he's going to contemplate retirement. And at some point, if you're going to climb, I've used this metaphor a few times the past couple of days and I kind of enjoy it. So bear with me. If you're going to climb the ladder to the high dive and you're going to walk out onto the edge of the board and you're going to stand there and you're going to bounce it at some point you got to jump you can't always turn around and go back down at some point he's got to do it and uh, yeah and and we know that there's an element of hey everybody look at me look at me talk about me i want to be the center of attention and it's it's obvious at this point that he likes that and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that it's kind of nice when you when you're in that spot and everybody's talking about you and they're wondering what you're going to do <laughs> oh hey! Oh, well, keep your eyes front and center, Florio. Yeah. Sorry, you damn hornball. Look at you. Sorry, uh, man. Uh, was I built in a lab? What the hell is that? What kind of what kind of body structure is that? Well, it looks Dr. like your normal arms to me. Looks like your twig arms as usual to me. Yeah. Well, it's got. To, I got some kind of a giraffe neck, apparently. But uh, but regardless, uh, I, I think that uh, at some point he's got to do. That that other thing. It can't always be drama, drama, drama. Oh, I'm going back to the Packers. Drama, drama, drama. Hey, I'm going back to the Packers. Drama, drama, drama. No, I'm I not hear gonna you. Retire. I'll go I back know. to the Packers. At some point, people aren't going to pay attention anymore. I, I I would think so. Yes, I I I'm hope I'm hoping it's done. 
I am. I've I've had about I I think I've hit like my legal limit of like Aaron Rodgers off the field uh talk organizational dysfunction all I I've hit my limit. I I will be glad to not talk about this subject for a while. I really will. I'm not going to lie. I know it's been good for business and whatever else and it's left us a lot of good topics every day, but damn. Uh it's one subject that I'm I'm a little exhausted of. I can't lie. I really wish he would have milked the cow a little bit longer. I really do. I really do. You know <laughs> so what? So you could milk ma- the ma- cow? The- you wanted to milk the cow for some more cash? Is that why? You just yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Hey, I, hey, I tell you what. You're not going to find a lot of truth from anyone in the NFL. You're always going to find truth from me. I, yes, it's in my business interest for the Aaron Rodgers story to continue. Yes. Now, we're not going to try to make it into something that it isn't. You know, we're not we're not going to pivot next week to say, oh, we're hearing that there's they could still trade him. No, no. But, yeah, I wanted it to I wanted him to leave. His right play was to stay. We've said that time and again, but it would have been a hell of a story if he'd left a hell of a story. I wonder if the Broncos kind of pushed this to a head yesterday. I mean, we know the Packers wanted an answer and it kind of dawned on me yesterday. The Packers need to get this resolved by next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern because they either have to clear his salary off the books via trade or slash his salary and reduce his cap number with a new contract. They can't go into the new league year at 46.66 million when they're nearly 30 million over the cap. But I wonder if the Broncos were like, "Hey, we really need to know what you're going to do here because we have we have uh, another, another plan. option, right? Right. And yeah. we we you know we we kind of have the turtle sticking his head out of the shell a little bit. We don't want the turtle head to disappear uh, on us. And uh, I have a feeling there's a hell of a story behind how all these different. Two, it's not. It's it, it's not a coincidence. Too much happened yesterday in yeah, too tight of a time It's not a coincidence. Exactly right. There's a, there's no. a thread that goes through them, and it may be as simple as. The Broncos were saying, hey, Aaron, we really want you here, but but we need to know today. Because you know what? If you don't let us know today, we're pulling the trigger on this other thing, and we're doing it anyway. Maybe – I have fun spitballing stuff like this. Maybe Russell Wilson really was plan A. Aaron Rodgers caught wind of it and agreed to terms with the Packers to make it look like he was Broncos plan A. Maybe he's that petty. The tweet that he posted yesterday would suggest that he's that petty. Maybe he caught wind the Broncos were going to pull the trigger on Russell Wilson yesterday, and he he pulled the trigger on staying with the Packers so it would look like he was plan A and the Broncos moved to plan B in Russell Wilson. I know, yeah. it's it's uh, That's good in conspiracyville, but I don't know if I can get behind that It's one. not that crazy. It's not crazy. It's not that crazy. I get it. I get it. It's not crazy, and I, you know, I don't disagree that – you know, Rodgers certainly is into a little bit of manipulating those situations, yes. But I, I think there was real interest there. I think Rodgers understood the clock as far as what was going on there. And I would imagine that it was either Monday night or early Tuesday morning. He gave the Broncos the answer that he was going to go back to the Green Bay Packers. And that's when they said, hey, Seattle, you know that deal we've been talking about for the last few weeks and kind of got some p- p- pieces in place? Let's finish it out. We're, we want to make the move for Russell Wilson, and that kick-started it yesterday morning and got a gun. That, that, that would be my two cents, but, again, I don't know that. You're right, and I'm sure there's some things we'll hear about this story you know, over the next month or two that, that come out. The new Aaron Rodgers contract, whenever it is signed, will help create the cap space to absorb a $20.145 million cap number for Devontae Adams. Yeah. Now they could turn that 
$20.145 million franchise tag into a long-term deal that would reduce the cap number for 2022. But this is why the Rodgers structure is so important. This is why it's critical to look inside the nooks and crannies of that deal once it's signed to see how long he's really committed to the team. Is it a two-year thing? Are, are they dummy salaries on the back end to pump right. up the average? Right. Right. We, we won't know until we see it. But from Adam's standpoint, it's it's uh, particularly germane because he needs to know how much longer Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. Because if you're if you're Adams, yeah, maybe we set it up so uh, maybe I just go tag this year, tag next year, and become a free agent in twenty twenty four because that third tag isn't going to be applied. That that may be what he does. He he's got he does not have to sign a long term contract. Obviously, no. he no. can just say to the Packers, "I'll sign the tender and I'll make my twenty point one four five million. And if you want to tag me next year, you can give me a 20% raise. He'll be making more than $24 million next year. And then, uh, and then I can hit the open market after that. Now, he's already got what, how many years in? He's got like eight years in. Yeah, this so is his third contract, he, right? He's, yeah, he's not, he's not in a position to go get a huge contract two more years from now. But once he knows what Rodgers is doing, once he knows what that structure looks like, once he knows what that contract really means, then he can make an informed decision about whether he wants a long-term deal or whether he wants to go two tags and hit the road to a team that, you know, has an Aaron Rodgers who's looking for a receiver that can help him and that team get to where they're trying to go. I'm sure he's got a good feel now. I'm sure he knows already what the contract is. I'm sure he's talked to Rodgers and got a feel for how long he'll be there. Uh, but I haven't signed it. No. Yeah, Devontae, yeah, don't it. tell anyone I signed it. I yeah, haven't right, signed it. It's right. not signed. It's but, immunized. But these are two peas in a pod. I mean, of course, I mean – I don't think Rodgers is going to come back unless he feels like Devontae Adams will be back either. And and really, yeah, I agree. I don't know if Devontae Adams signs a long-term deal unless he knows Rodgers is going to be back for a few years. I think that's certainly dicey. Uh, but, yeah, wh- where it goes from here, I don't know. Yeah, I would expect Devontae Adams to sign something. We saw Mike Williams of the Chargers yesterday sign a three-year, $60 million deal. I, I, I got to think that Devontae Adams is going to look for something a little more expensive than that, but in that range of going, wait, three, four years, you know, with an average of paying me $22, 23000000 million a year, that's what he's probably going to look like. And I would think, that, of course, the Packers want to get that done because we know they still got issues with their, their team and, you know, they got to keep some players and you'd hope that they could add some players to help the team out too uh, before they get into 2020, 2022 season here. I have no idea whether the Chargers told Mike Williams that our offer goes down if we have to actually tag you. But I, as I said yesterday, make them tag you. Do you can do, you got until July 15 to do the long-term deal. Make them apply the franchise tag. Always make them apply the tag. There's no reason, unless, unless you're in a position where there's two guys that the team wants to keep and they're going to sign one and tag the other and you have extra leverage by being the one who signs and you get more money so they don't have to tag you and they can tag the other guy always forced them to use the tag. That surprised me, uh, and I can't imagine the Chargers gave him a better deal just because they didn't have to use the tag. And, and that applies to Devontae Adams four years ago, too. Should have made them use the tag because this would be tag number two, well, and he'd be one year away from unrestricted free agency. But yeah. always – the tag's not good, but, but don't use the possibility. Don't allow yourself to have the possibility of being tagged as some sort of trigger to do the contract. That's my point. Make them use the tag. The tag is part of their leverage anyway. Make them use it because yeah, it's better I hear for the you. long term if they I, use it. I, I hear you there. I hear you there. I, listen, I don't think every guy's into totally maximizing and scorching the team either, though. Mike Williams probably looks at it and goes, okay, maybe he could have played the dance that you're talking about and squeezed out another 
two million dollars a year. It's not a matter of squeezing. It's not a matter of squeezing. It's a matter of pushing back against an unfair system that keeps guys who have earned their shot at the free market from getting there. And this is a way to push back on it. And my point is, they're going to give you the contract anyway. Get that box checked. I've been tagged once. So if I get tagged again four years from now, I know I'm one year away from going to the open market. I can always choose to come back to the Chargers. I can choose to take a lesser deal. But I should be able to go to the open market and see what's out there and let the market determine what my value is. All I'm saying is some people don't care about that. He just wants the security, and he's not worried about – he's not Mike Florio worried about squeezing the the cow drain of every ounce of milk they got. it's not about – Chris – it's not about squeezing. It's about pushing back against the system that keeps you. Great. He, Mike, if, nobody if no cares. I know tag, what your point is. He doesn't want to push know, back. But, he doesn't well, care. He's happy where he is. And he said, wait, I'm with Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen and $20 million a year. But he can still be with Justin Herbert. Okay. All for, I'm saying yes. is force them to use the tag. Force them to use the tag. Because maybe at some point you get to the open market and you see what else is out there. I mean, I just I think people should have maximum options and maximum opportunities. The franchise tag is a bad thing for players. It the is. franchise tag keeps players from exploring their options. And yeah, hey, but and and you can say fine. He's perfectly happy with the Chargers. Perfectly fine. Everything's fine. But you know what? The minute they decide they want someone else, they're kicking his ass out the door. So, it's it's not a it's not a two-way street. So, so players shouldn't act like it is. And players shouldn't believe it is. And I think you always need to be thinking about maximizing your options, even if you choose to take less to stay where you are. Because the bottom line is the minute it's in their best interest to tell you to pack up your crap and leave, they're going to. I, I know. I don't disagree with you. I know. I'm, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I get you. I do. Yes, I just, you know, you, you know my thoughts. I made them clear. That's all I have to say about it. I know. Well, I know. But I guess I, – and, and the reason that I want to grapple with you a little bit on this is this idea that we wave around like it's something admirable to be, oh, he's not selfish, he's not this, he's not that, that hurts players who are trying to they, – they, that's the crap they hear from fans. I'm trying to rewire the fans' think about players and how they should get paid. I don't think it's necessarily some badge of honor – that you're willing to take less. It may be an indication of stupidity that you're willing to take less. The point is, I don't want the fact that some guy decides I'm going to take less to stay put to become some some argument that's advanced against somebody who's trying to get more. That guy who's trying to get more should be supported. That guy who's trying to push back against the machine is doing the right thing because the machine's screwing all of them. That's my point. Yeah, I understand. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that, too. And I understand the machine is screwing all. I'm just saying it's that all, all players aren't wired that way to, to always look at it like that. I, I know, you know. I know. I know. But my point is, if they're not wired that way, maybe there's something wrong with their wiring. That's my point. Uh, let's take a break. When we're back, now that we know. When we return, when we're back. We will be back, I hope. When, uh, now that we know where Rodgers and Russell are going. Your wiring's off. We know that. Stand. We need to rewire oh, it's you. Always been, but I, I admit it. The, the, right the fuse is broke. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 